God will get you for that. Yeah. Maud is owned by Shout Factory. God will get you for that, Walter. Is produced for entertainment purposes only. Sponsored in part by Finley's Friendly Appliances. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of God will get you for that, Walter. He always does. Yup. Yes, she does. <laughs> Hello. My name is Tom Cat, and I am joined by the ever delicious, the ever delightful Miss Tony Holmperm. Yes, you are. <laughs> and welcome to God Will Get You for That, Walter, a podcast where we discuss the 70s sitcom Maud. Maud. Uh, today we are discussing season two, episode three, Walter's Holiday. Which originally aired? September 25th, 1973. Uh, it was written by Norman Lear, a Bud Grossman. Bob Weisskopf was the story editor, and it was directed by Hal Cooper, who directed a number of the original mm -hmm. uh, season, the first season and the second season of, of Maud. Mm -hmm. I think he also directed every subsequent season of Maud. If I, I have to, I have to check, but okay. yes, Hal Cooper was the director for most of the episodes of Maud. Very good. So Walter's Holiday, what an interesting episode. Yes. Well, after you know the last two episodes, which is how the second season opened. opened. Which was quite heavy. This was a little bit more... Fluffy. Fluffy and frivolous. Very, very fluffy, very frivolous. Mm. But I do, however, want to say this does deal with suicide, and this does deal with suicidal ideations. Mm. Um, so if that is triggering for you in any shape, way, or form, you can always listen to any of the earlier episodes. Mm -hmm. <coughs> any of the ones that are not triggering. Any of the ones that are not Because some, some, some of them could be triggering. Some of them could be, could be very triggering. We always triggering. try to... Make Avoid that. that and, and oh, make it aware. Make Yes, give awareness to give that awareness in, to in that. the beginning. Correct. So the episode opens with Walter skulking around the living room. He was a real sneak. Really sneaky. <laughs> Very really sneaky. sneaky. <laughs> um, and he was uh, clipping flowers from the... Um, the vase. What would you consider that? It was a little end table. I think that's uh, where they... end table. That's where they have the phone, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it's a little table where they keep the phone. Yeah, there's a little chair, a little mm -hmm. table yeah. with a phone where business would happen. Yeah, business would be gone over. You know, for social activities. Correct. You know, it was the seventies, and there were plenty of middle class problems. niceties. <laughs> that's what it was. A middle class. No, you're right. I'm not. I'm not disagreeable it's with like you. It's a middle class, class nicety. <laughs> um, and he's collecting flowers uh, while he's cutting flowers. Cutting off flowers off, the flowers. off of the flat off of the vase. Yes. Very unusual. Yes, yes, very, very unusual. And while he's doing that, Maud is barking, bellowing for Walter, bellowing for Walter because his Fruit Loops are are are. They've been sitting, sitting the there for so, so long. Ants were attacking him. Yes, them. yes. Um, <laughs> and while Maud is calling to him, Maud is in the kitchen with I think Florida. No. Florida, I think, was upstairs. No, right? Florida was in oh, the Florida kitchen. Florida was in the kitchen. She's in with the kitchen. Carol and Philip. Yes, they were all they were all in the kitchen. They were all in the kitchen enjoying their enjoying their breakfast. Mm -hmm. And Carol was playing the crossword puzzle. Mm -hmm. I love I used to love playing crossword puzzles. Oh, I still love crossword puzzles. Uh, whenever I would like commute back and forth into the city, mm -hmm. I would I would pick up um AM New York, mm -hmm. which was a which was a um I don't know if they still do AM New York, because I'm pretty sure they do. Mm -hmm. Uh, where it would be like the, almost like the voice, village voice, right. or just something that you would see every day that would go over small little news articles, and they mm -hmm. would always have a crossword puzzle, so I would mm -hmm. always try and complete it. Of course. Um, and uh, it now was, you can just do the crossword puzzle on your phone. Now you can just do it on your phone. You don't even have to look at the news. You can page. do everything on your phone. Yes, now. you can. Your entire life can be lived on your phone. Yep. Isn't that terrible? I, it is. But I mean, think think about it. I mean, you can do a crossword puzzle. What, can order? what did we do before these cell phones I don't existed? know, but I mean, really, think about it. I mean, you can get your transportation on your phone. Mm -hmm. You can get your groceries delivered on your phone. Mm -hmm. You can... Stock exchange on your phone. I mean, you can do everything on, on your phone now. You can find a... You can find your husband yes. on 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 phone. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I, I mean, every you can do everything on your phone now. Yeah. So it has been a blessing and, and most assuredly a curse. Yes. Um, true. So now that we've aged ourselves appropriately yes. for the show, um, Carol asks, "What's a six-letter word for annoyance?" To which Mott says, "Try Walter." Walter. Mm -hmm. 
Um, at that point, I think there's what? That's, I think that's when the doorbell rang. The doorbell rings. Yes. Uh, one of the guest stars in this, uh, in this episode is Johnny Brown, mm-hmm. who became very popular on uh, Good Times as Bookman. Bookman, yes. And um, he was the maintenance man, he was, right? He was a maintenance man. He yeah. was selling aluminum siding. Yes, but yes, yes he, he sells it for aluminum Flo- siding. Florida goes to get the door. Yes, Florida goes to get the door. And when she opens and it, that's... And they have a very maud-like exchange. Yes, very. Very, very. maud-like exchange where Florida's just like... Uh, pl- almost like playing games. Yes. So the salesman is... Which harkens back to like... I think it was like the very first episode where when... Um, I think it was Ed Begley Jr., Came to the door. Selling uh, magazines. Selling magazines. Saying that he was uh, a Vietnam War veteran. Right, right. It, it was very it was very much like reminiscent yeah. of that whole exchange. Mm-hmm. And, I uh, do think, and uh, I know this may sound a little triggering, but I do think that they tried to sometimes make Florida the black version of Maude. Yeah, no. No, and I, 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 I don't, personally, I don't particularly care for that because I would want Florida to be her own character. Her which own she is. Yes. She most certainly is. Yes. And in this exchange, that definitely But in this exchange, true. It, was, it was definitely very, very mod like I'm yes. almost wondering if it might have originally been written that Maud, somehow that, that Maud was going to answer the door for a salesperson and they sort of decided, they decided we need to give Florida something yeah. to do. Because... It, it almost seems that. like it was the type of exchange, even though what the final exchange was, was very much pertinent to Florida and this African-American salesman. Yes. But I can almost see it as like they wrote in like a you know, salesperson comes to the door, Maud gives her typical like Maud, sassiness. Maud sassiness, of too, And then they were maybe were sort of like, we need to give Florida something to do. Let's have Florida answer the door and let's, you know... Alter this dialogue and and make it also a black salesman in a very middle class upper yes. middle class white neighborhood. That's very interesting. Yeah, um, I don't know how for that time for that time period during the seventies, of course. You know, because even during the seventies, there were still sundown towns, even yeah. in upstate New York. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's very very interesting how that was written. Yeah. But I do. I, I kind of. I agree with you. I do. I think that it was originally I, I, written, but then the, then Norman Lear probably suggested, or one of the producers said, "Hey, let's let's, let's give, give Florida, Florida something something to do." And so, I think it was at that point that the Cogs were turning. They were going to try and get Florida and to spin have her own Florida series. off. Yes. Yeah. So probably. So probably there was some thought processes into that as far as you know. Let's start planting the seeds of you know. Just giving a little bit of focus to Florida, yeah, because we're gonna plant these seeds and maybe, and which they did, spin her off into her own show. Into her own show, yeah. Which ended up being honestly stolen from her, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> we we can always discuss that. Yes, um, but no. I, I, one of the things that I would love is I would love to watch more interviews with Esther Roll. Mm-hmm. She always seemed like a very private person. <clears throat> like, mm. B. Arthur would sometimes have her interviews, but I think the only time I've ever seen Esther Roll in interviews was when she was on RuPaul, mm. and they were only they were they were meandering around uh-huh. the subject. They weren't like directly focusing on it. Uh-huh. I just remember reading on Wikipedia that John Amos made a couple of comments about how Good Times became something that it should not have been, and right. that was why. Yeah. That was why him and left. Esther Roll they both left the show. They both left. Um, yeah. So back to the episode. Um, so the salesman the is salesman trying to sell aluminum call, siding. Calls her brown sugar. Brown sugar. <laughs> this episode does definitely lean more in a misogynistic way than it should, but the seventies. Yes. Well, I, I call my husband sweet and low all the time. Because of course <laughs> you do. I'm going to start calling my boyfriend Ginger Sugar. Ginger Sugar. Ginger Sugar. Okay. Sweet and Why low. Not? I can't stand you. Uh, um, it's better than saccharin. <laughs> anything is better than saccharin. Anything is better than saccharin. But. So, um, the salesman is selling aluminum siding. World renowned. And I can't remember the, the name of the company. I don't remember the name. But it was for aluminum siding. But he wants to speak to the lady of the house. He wants to speak to the lady of the house. And Florida challenges him mm. saying... What makes you think I'm not the lady of the house? Right. And just 
the salesman just keeps on stumbling and fumbling and over his words. Digging himself deeper and deeper. And Florida's just like, well, maybe you don't think a, a black woman can live in this type of neighborhood. Right. And it's just, again, constantly catching him in these these mental mm-hmm. traps. Mm-hmm. And it's, again, one of those things that I love so much when, you know, I love when a woman comes out on top. <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons why I do drag. Uh-huh. Um, so... There's a pause, and he ends up saying, well, you got a mighty gassy pad, uh-huh. and um, would you mind if I came in and had a little chat chit with you about the aluminum siding? Mm-hmm. And Florida says, not if you think a black lady in this type of neighborhood could be the lady of the house she can, and then slams the door in his face. Which was very, very odd. That's exactly odd. what she did in that very first episode yeah. with Ed Begley Jr. Mm-hmm. Slam, slams the door on the salesman. And there was another salesman she did, did that to, right? The... Um, the, the, uh, she does it a number of times where she slams the door in their face. She's done yeah. it with mailmen. She's yeah. done it with uh, delivery uh, paper delivery boys. Yeah. Um, who else has she done that with? Quite a, uh, quite a few. Every, anytime there's somebody. There was the tomato salesman mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where she ended up taking the top half of one yes. and the top half of another, gave him the 25 mm-hmm. cents, and then slammed the door in his face. Yes, yes. Also, exactly. we're, we're going to address one of the numbers that was mentioned in this episode. Ooh. Where where Florida mentions how much she makes in a day. Yeah, yes. I was I was none too pleased about that number considering the world we live in today. Yeah, but we'll get to that in just we, a we'll second. We'll get to that. Yes. So um, after Florida slams the door in Johnny Brown's face, uh, Walter asks her, "What was that all about?" Right. And she right. goes, "Some guy saying, what's my line?'" Yeah. And yeah. Um, I have no idea what the exchange was, but it ended with. Um, Walter pinching her on the, the cheek, cheek and then patting, patting her on the bottom. Yeah. 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 Now, now uh, any employer that did that now uh, would be oh, facing, be you know, sexual harassment Ooh. charges. And this is exactly the kind of thing that got uh, Governor Cuomo <laughs> booted out of office, allegedly. Oh, we're going to be addressing that nationality in just a moment because so, it is it is mentioned, and I it, it yes. tickles me that it was mentioned. Yes. Um, but uh, but uh, she says, "Well, thank you, Leroy Brown, the baddest man in town." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yes. um, that was a song. I that was know. a song. Bad, bad Lenny Brown, baddest Leroy man. Brown. Leroy Brown, baddest bad, bad. man of the whole damn Jim town. Croce. Jim, Jim oh, Croce. Jim Croce did that. Jim, G- that, Jim I thought, Croce. I, I always pronounced his name Jim Croce. No, Jim Croce. Now I know. Yes, I know because I was around at the time. You were around at the time. I was so you I mean, I know that Perry Como is Perry Como. Yes. <laughs> you can't so. you can't screw up C O M. I I didn't I didn't love Bad Bad Leroy Brown, but Jim Croce did another song, uh, "Time in a Bottle," which is a beautiful, okay. beautiful. I don't know if you've ever heard that one, yeah, but you could you can find it on YouTube. I will look it up. And uh, it's a beautiful song. He wrote it. He Have wrote you ever it. performed it? No, I haven't. I, okay. I'm actually gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna like see if I can find a karaoke track. It's a beautiful song. Good he wrote it. Um, he wrote it for his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, if uh, if I could spend time in a bottle, the first thing that I'd like to do is to spend every day. Uh, I don't know. I forget. I forget Same. all the words. But it's it's a beautiful song. Yes, it's a beautiful song. And um, he actually he actually died uh, young, very very tragically. And I remember there was like um, he, he had been nominated for the for for Grammys, mm-hmm. and um, he, he won. And I remember his wife accepting for him because he had, posthumously. He, yeah, he had he had passed away. But he was a he was a, a very you know great great singer, and life ended too tragically short. So, yeah. But interesting if somebody's interested in, you know, great singers from the 70s. Potpourri for you, friends. Potpourri. Potpourri. So, uh, and Florida, but Florida was, she was not very plussed about Walter. She was nonplussed. She was nonplussed. Um, but I, I mean, I, there's a part of me that I know, says, I saw, she, saw it and I was, I was like, what? Yeah, your mouth was, your mouth was open. Mouth was a, a, a gape. I mean, you, I mean, that's just not something you would ever see no. now. No. I, I, I mean, you, nothing you, says good job like a firm, open palm slap on the behind. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you saw if you saw that on a show today, today it would be that would be like you know you'd see that in something like on a soap opera. Yeah, you would definitely see that in a Where, soap opera. You know, somebody would be you know shocked that that somebody else would would do that to them, or you know, especially uh, you know employer employee. 
kind of kind of a thing. Yes. But in here, you know, the laugh track was going full blast. That's right. Florida wasn't, you know, if I tell about you, it at all. I, I remember watching Mad Men. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you have to sometimes take those period those period shows with a grain of salt, but a lot of the issues that they were talking about, you know, they they happened. Mm-hmm. And Mad Men, I think, took place in, what, the end of the 60s, early 70s? Mm-hmm. And that was Maud. Maud yeah. was the early 70s. Yeah. So it's very interesting to just acknowledge and accept mm-hmm. the fact, not, not so much accept, but acknowledge and, you know, try to work past the misogyny of yesteryear. Mm-hmm. I had a friend who, um, she told me, like, one of her first jobs was in this office, mm-hmm. and the, the guy was the boss. He was this... Every real nine lech. to five, nine to five. He was a real lech. I, I just think of the character from nine to five. You know, and like he was always trying to get her in 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 his in his office alone. And whenever he did, he'd be like chasing her around the desk. You know, and he would he would in, like he he told her like you know oh you know I, I, I I'll I'll if you want to be my mistress you know you'll never have to work oh, again. My God. He was like willing to like set her up. And like her own place, she would have you know her her own uh, accounts and, and all and and all this, and it was like, and everybody everybody you know worked there knew about it, and it's just you know it was why do they do just it? Accepted and why do they do it? Same reason a dog licks himself because he can. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was really so they, you know that that kind of thing. You know, it's one of the things that makes you grateful for the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm, makes mm-hmm. you very grateful for it because you're you're you know you're seeing all of these men being put in their place. Yeah, and you're seeing all of these women come out, and you're actually having people listen mm. to them. You're having people listen to victims because I think for a long time people were just taking the easy way out and victim blaming because it was the easy thing to do. Yeah, it was just true. it was convenient. It was it was yeah. it was a matter of convenience. You know, and people you know what they but now the uncomfortable truths are becoming truth more. Yeah, and, and you know, people were afraid of losing their employment, yeah. and you know, they just it's, went up with it. You want to know something? It's a very. It becomes a very. Com- it's not so. <laughs> it is a common theme amongst certain episodes of Maud where they go over the battle between the sexes and how mm-hmm. unfair women are treated in the mm-hmm. workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember. I remember clearly. There's one episode where Carol is up for a promotion mm-hmm. and she's passed over for a man mm-hmm. because. A man, right? And you know the boss calls. I think, as a matter of fact, calls Carol a sweet little number, mm-hmm. um, and would much rather sleep with Carol and, right. and do that with her then than promote, promote her. her and do right by her. Yeah. So you know these these are common themes in many of the sitcoms of the day, which I'm thankful for because it only has lent us to further the narrative that women need to be treated with better, need to be treated better. Mm-hmm. Sure, absolutely. Um, especially in the workforce. Yes. So Florida goes into the kitchen and basically says, "You better watch out for your husband." Right. Right. Because and Walter's like, Mud's like, "What are you talking about?" And Florida says, "Well, it's not every day your your boss pinches you on one cheek and pats you on the on, other." On the other, yeah. And um, this the, this bit of dialogue tickled me because Maud said, "Well." A pinch and a pat. He's feeling Italian again. He's feeling Italian again. The only way to handle that is to give him a good swift kick in the pasta fazool. Pasta fazool. <laughs> Never knew what, it, what the original spelling of was for pasta fazool. Well, here's the thing. Go ahead. I'd pasta like fazool. Yes. That is a Italian-American bastardization yes. of pasta fagioli. Yes. yes. It's like, in, in Italy, they do not say... Pasta, Pasta fazool. They don't. No. They don't say that. Um, that's honestly. It might be uh, a calabrese inter- uh, the pronunciation or a napolitan uh, mm. or a Sicilian. Just it could be any. I remember years ago when I wanted to teach myself how to speak Greek. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't amount to much of anything. It's all Greek to me. But I, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> well, of course. But I also bought myself a Sicilian to English dictionary. Uh-huh. And a lot of things ended in ooze. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of um, uh, Indian influence in the Sicilian mm-hmm. language. Mm-hmm. So I could only imagine that fazul was pronounced differently from, you know, fagioli mm-hmm. to... Uh, it, it, in so, Remember in The Golden Girls? Mm-hmm. Every 
region of Italy has its own. Actually, yes. every neighborhood, actually every house. Yeah, has yeah. Their own. That's that's honestly where I think it just yeah. grew up from. <laughs> and I'm honestly very sure that it's the same thing with Spanish speakers as well. Probably. Because there's so many different, you know, mm-hmm. dialects and mm, different right. ty- Yeah, just the further there's south like you go. Spanish and Spain, there's Spanish in Europe, Spain, there's Spanish, Spanish in Mexico. Spanish in uh, uh, South America. Uh-huh. I mean, so it could, it, I'm sure, you know, over such great spans of distance, there's going to be differences. Yes. Yeah. Correct. So, yeah. so we're going to give Walter a good swift kick in the in pasta In the pasta fazool. Um, so then I think at that point, Walter enters, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because he, he's, he's announcing uh, that about what day it is. Today is I Love You Day. Yes. And Maud, you know, considering the last two episodes were about his alcoholism, yeah. opens, with a, opens with a line saying, have you been hitting the cough syrup again? Right, yeah. I'm just, that's a little deaf. That's a bit of a tone deaf line. Right, right. Yeah, I picked up right on that, that I was like... I was like, yeah, well, a cough syrup is, you know, high in alcohol. Alcohol, twenty eight percent. At least, at least back then, at yes. least back then it was. I don't know if it's still like that now. Um, no, but they definitely have more things in it because, um, I don't know if you've ever recently purchased anything, but if you purchase certain types of cough syrups or if you purchase certain types of medication, you have to show your, they, your, your driver's o- license. Not only that, they will scan your driver's license mm-hmm. and they will make sure that like you aren't buying so much so that you are going to be making some type of other drug with it. Exactly. And it's just... <sighs> People do the craziest things. I had happened to me. I was buying... Um, some Claritin, mm-hmm. the kind that you have to show, you know, your your ID to get, yes. because as you know, my allergies are all very, over the place, very bad, very bad, always happen. Yes. So I had bought, I think, a thirty day supply, and I used up the thirty day supply, and then and when went... I wanted to go get another thirty day supply, they wouldn't let me. They were like, they like, no, you 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 you've bought too much. I bought a thirty-day supply thirty days ago. I need. I, I'm only trying to like, you know. This is a month later, and I could. I couldn't get it, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" So, it would. It would have been far easier for me to go purchase illegal drugs than to get like the you know over-the-counter Claritin. Yep. That I wanted to. Isn't I was that, like, "Isn't that interesting?" Totally ridiculous. We don't have a drug problem in this country. I mean, no. I mean, completely, completely ridiculous. So we don't have a drug problem in this oh. country, not in the slightest. So today is I Love You Day, and, and Walter starts doling out the gifts. Yeah. Well, Maud was, was like, "What the hell? Is, what the hell? What is the hell it? is I Love You Day? What the hell is it? Yeah." Um. And Walter goes on this speech about how Walter Finley's all over the country are, yes. are celebrating their own version of I, I Love I You Day. I didn't realize there were so many Walter Finleys. So many Walter Finleys. Had well, no idea. No idea. Um, and then Walter's like, you guys are lucky because you have your own personal Walter mm-hmm. Finley here at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so, very much like a sales pitch from, the, uh, very much a sales pitch from like the 50s. So he gives uh, Philip uh, money to go down to the corner and get an egg McMuffin. Uh-huh. And... He gives Florida the hat. He made a hat. A paper bag. A paper bag. A hat made out of paper bags, crepe paper. Yeah. Um, some and, flower and, stuff. And on. a flower. And a flower yeah. that he cut from the vase. Yes. And then the point that you were alluding to earlier. Yeah. Um, gives so, her. So Walter gives Florida the day off. With pay. With pay. And Florida says, well, now I have to tell my husband how I made $20. In 15 minutes on something called I Love, Love you, you Day. Day. Who? 20, 20, $20. Do, for a full day's a full day work. work. But, you know, we're, we're talking about 1973. 1973. This is 1973. And $20 went a hell of a lot further than it does today. I mean, if you've ever seen, like, sometimes people post things on Facebook. Uh, Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> Sometimes people post things on Facebook. They'll show like um, a menu from like a, a Woolworths and like 25 cents, yeah. 50 cents, a dollar. Like, like a whole, like, you know, a bur- burger, fries, and, and, and a soft drink, side of coleslaw. Three dollars. Like no, not even. Sometimes like it was like, it was like 75 cents or, you know, something like that. And it's like. Quarter lunch. Yeah. Quarter lunches. Yeah. And I, I mean, it was like. 
ridiculously cheap, you know, compared to what we And I went now. to Popeye's the other night, and I spent uh, $41 on two chicken sandwiches, uh, a chicken platter with, with french fries, um, two uh, cream cheese and blueberry... Um, not cream cheese, cheesecake and blueberry pies, mm-hmm. and uh, two large drinks. Mm-hmm. $40, where years ago that probably would have been, what, maybe 10 Yeah. Yeah. Just, it's very... Inflation is awful, kids. Yeah. Inflation is terrible. And if people actually... If the rich actually paid their taxes, we'd be able to handle all of this nonsense. Yeah. But they don't. I yeah. want the billionaire class to go away. Yeah. I do. No one... As I've always said, no one needs to be a billionaire. No one needs to be a billionaire. There, no one needs to be a billionaire. should not exist. No one needs to um, be, you know, hoarding that and did much you see, money. Did you see Elon Musk... Post like, oh, it's I. I just sell my stocks. That's that's how I make my money. You guys are trying to rob me of my livelihood, and it's like, sir, sir, pay taxes on the stocks that yeah. you're selling. Yeah, like pay your fair share. Pay your fair share. I just I, I hate billionaires. I hate billionaires. Uh, I'm very close to hating millionaires because they're just as bad. Yeah, it's just they don't they don't feel nearly as entitled. Yeah, <sighs> but very then it, it reminds me of that. Um, what was it, John Forsyth quote? Uh, oh my God, something about um, something millionaires. Uh, oh my God, what what embarrassed, quote. embarrassed millionaires. Embarrassed millionaires. Temporarily embarrassed millionaires. Uh-huh. Um, oh my God, it's gonna bug me. And you know, so one day I'm gonna have it tattooed on my freaking forehead. Okay. Um, because it, you know. It lends itself to a lot of the nonsense going on in this country today, mm-hmm. where you know people feel that they are entitled to. Yes, they're entitled to financial compensation. Go ahead. Do you feel Do you feel entitled to financial? I'm <laughs> being called about my car's extended warranty. It's, it's like, do you have Do you have a structured settlement? What's that other one? We, yes, you have a structured settlement and you need cash now. And you need cash now. <laughs> you think they'd sponsor us? Yeah, one can only hope. It was not John Forsythe, it was John Steinbeck. Oh, John Steinbeck. Uh, John yeah, John Forsythe was from Dynasty. <laughs> he was Blake Carrington. You need to do as I say, or I should have fired the entire board. Of Carrington Oil, and, and I will replace you with, with, with peons of my own choice. Oh, my God. So John Steinbeck once said that socialism never took root in America because the poor see themselves not as an exploited proletariat, but as temporarily embarrassed millionaires. Oh. And I feel that's why a lot of these, you know, and I, forgive me, but you see a lot of these white people saying, Oh, well, where's our fair share? Where's ours? Where's mm-hmm. ours? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have these politicians who are just like, oh, don't worry, we'll take care of oh, you. Yeah. And then ignore everybody else. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's just it. They can, they can completely and totally take advantage of them because everybody's struggling except the uber wealthy. Right. Yeah. Ah! Very true. Sorry. Preaching. Oh. All right. Preaching moment over. I love you, Day. I love you, Day. So, uh... Walter made Carol a pasta necklace. A pasta necklace. And, gives, which, her, and gives her the can of sauce to go with it. And gives her a can it. of sauce to go with it. Yeah, she says something about it. A, a, a fattening necklace. A fattening necklace, yes. <laughs> and, you know, more... Is when Carol leaves to go to work. Right. And Walter's saying how he got the idea for the holiday from Maud. Yep. Um, he was because he was her. he was he awoke at three in the morning and was mm-hmm. watching her for two hours, mm-hmm. and in that two hours he tried to kiss her nose because when Maud sleeps, uh, her nose, she wiggles her nose. Her nose twitches. Who does she think she is? Uh, Elizabeth Montgomery from Possibly. The Witch. Possibly. So when I wake up at three o'clock in the morning, at three o'clock in the morning, it's it's to go to the bathroom because I have to pee. It's to go to the bathroom. You'll you'll get there. <laughs> I'll get there. Trust I'm me. there now. Believe I'm there. Now. I will go to sleep at like one, two in the morning, and then I'll wake up at eight, and I'm like, why am I? Oh, I'm awake because I have to pee. Well, you, you slept most of the night. You should have to. Two to three, four, five, six, seven. All right, six hours fine. Yeah, six come hours on. fine. Come on. Oh, um, uh, uh, 
so then at that point, Walter gives Maud her present. Her present, and it's which, a box that which was... she she hoped that, that uh, Lloyd Bridges was in it. Yes, Lloyd Bridges in the gift box, which she's trying to neatly unwrap. Trying to neatly unwrap. I hate when someone neatly tries to neatly unwrap a present. What I do I, it? Oh, <laughs> of course I do it all of the time. Of course you do. <laughs> Why are you judging? You are judging me so I am hard right now. I'm judging you so hard right now. <laughs> no, when you give someone that present, they better rip that wrapping off. I don't. I don't like rip. I don't rip like ripping off because you like are so excited. Paper. You want that present. You can't contain yourself. But I also like saving the wrapping paper for another no. present. No, it's not allowed. The pearl purpose of the wrapping paper <laughs> is to be torn away. No, it's supposed how much to be reused. Time and money. <laughs> And investment go into creating this paper that you want to tear up. You you are costing someone their livelihood <laughs> by not ripping open the paper. I am, not, I am doing you, no such thing. I'm doing no such thing. How dare you? I know I've always been that. I've always been that way. Like I, I mean, of course, years ago when I was a kid, I'd be like, "Yay, tear the paper!" And then as That's I've gotten the great older, thing. you're like a kid. You're as soon as I get like when I've gotten as I've gotten older, I'm just like, I just want to save it for next time. No, not allowed. There was actually oh, you're. I don't know if you would know this because this is a my generation thing, not yours. But there was a uh, animated short on Animaniacs. Mm-hmm. That literally was about saving the gift wrapper. Saving the gift wrap. And it was this beautiful gold wrapping paper that was used on one gift. And it was, you know, torn asunder. And uh-huh. there was this piece that was left. Um, and it was like blowing in the wind. It was one of those like very melodramatic type mm-hmm. of cartoon mm-hmm. shorts. And um, this gold wrapping paper is like... It's being blown around all over the place through traffic, through alleyways, and then it ends up in a homeless person's car. Mm-hmm. So the father finds the wrapping paper and then just uses it to lovingly wrap this pa- this bauble mm-hmm. for their child. Oh. And it was one of those very like simple things where I'm like, this is, someone put a lot of thought into this. Hmm. Um, but I remember watching that and I'm like, huh, so you never know where it may end up. Hmm. And where is all this wrapping paper you're hoarding? <laughs> Might I ask? <laughs> At the city dump. Uh-huh. <laughs> the city dump. Uh-huh. <laughs> Although, uh-huh. no, what I've seen a lot of people do these days, and this is when I worked, this is when I worked uh, in a fabric store, there were some people that would come in and would buy fabric mm-hmm. to wrap their gifts. Okay. They would buy fabric to wrap the gifts. Interesting. Don't know why. I don't know why. That's either. honestly more wasteful, I would say, than the wrapping paper. Yeah. Definitely. So... Oh, well. I, I, too, take my time opening the present. Ugh. Annoying. Tragically, sorry. <sighs> so let me get this straight. If I give you a present for Christmas, you're just going to tear it all up and that's the end? Hell yeah! <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so I'll cheat my way out of it and just hand you a bag. Well... <laughs> Reuse some of that wrapping paper. I hate you. I hate it's you already so been used. So you already got one use out of it. So That's the tissue paper. It, it, give me, just give me the recycled. You don't have to feel bad when I tear it open. <laughs> God, do I need to write you an instruction book? <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Oh, hell's bells. All right. So Maud opens the box, and it's a negligee. It's a beautiful, it's white beautiful negligee. Blue. It was, it was no, like light blue. powder blue. Powder, powder blue. blue. And she says it's almost, I think she remarks about it being almost it was, beautiful. She thought it was a joke. She the, thought it was a joke first. Yes. And then, um, she thinks it's almost as beautiful as the one he got her for Christmas. Christmas. And it was. And it actually is the one he got her for Christmas. Christmas Because, you know, he only came Um, up with this idea at like 3 o'clock in the morning. He didn't have time to get gifts. uh, And, yeah, Maude at first thought it was a joke. And then that was Mm -hmm. when Walter Mm -hmm. says, oh, you're supposed to wear it when you're being attacked. Right. And then there was a pause and Maude goes, there's the joke. Right. Right. Um, So then he takes her into the living room for phase two. Yep. And they and they start tangoing. They start, dancing, they start yes. to tango. Yes. And he sings, um, "I get ideas." Mm-hmm. I've I've always wanted to hear that song, and it's um, I've heard it in the version of a tango, but I've never heard the the words put to it. Hmm. I was not familiar with the song. It's 
I believe it. It's it, it, it's certainly older than you are. Um, yes, those, those things exist. <laughs> as long as it's not as old as Alexis. No, oh, Jesus Christmas. Nothing's older than Alexis. Dirt. Dirt. Dirt, I think, is older Very than true. Alexis. So now the doorbell rings. Yes, the doorbell rings. <clears throat> oh, but no, she says if phase two ended like... If, um, if phase two, if Nixon's phase two mm-hmm. for Watergate ended right. like this, phase three would have taken care of itself. Yes. And I always appreciate that they would like have Maud send these little jabs. Yes. These political jabs. Yes. Because I don't think they would allow a man to do that. Probably not. I don't think they would. But not because, at that time. Because Maud was a woman, it would be like, oh, a woman oh, making yes. jokes about yes. politics. <laughs> yes. Oh, just a woman. The novelty of it. Yes. Uh, so the doorbell rings and it's Vivian. Yes. And Vivian's at first all oh, smiles. Everything's fine. My life is my life is just a bowl of cherries. Yes. Box of chocolates. Boxes of clean and on Kleenex she just starts wailing. Now don't forget but Walter before that, before that yeah. Walter wanted, you know, to be romantic. Want to get rid of Vivian. Yes. Because I believe that phase two would have led into phase three. Which phase which three would, have, would be I, Would have been upstairs. It would have been whoopee. Yes. So I think, you know, phase two was to lead into a phase three. Which yes. could not happen with Vivian there. No. So I believe that's why Walter wanted more to uh, well, get rid of Vivian as quickly as possible. You know, not for anything. To to be romantic with your partner, especially when your partner is trying to be amorous, like, on the one hand, I get why Maud was trying to be a good friend, but also, mm. if... This is me being completely and totally selfish, mm. but if my partner wanted to be amorous with me, I'd be like, go home. Yeah. Go home. I... Time. Mm. But that's also because me and my partner don't have a lot of time to do that. So, but I mean, also, not for anything, Walter does work nine to five at his store, sometimes even earlier, so his hours, his hours dictate how much loving he can give to his wife. True. So, Vivian comes in, Maud initially says, all right, Vivian, out with it. What's, what's going on? Yes. And Vivian, of course, is trying to put on a facade. What what has Chuck done this time? What has Chuck done this time? Yes. Um, And they, they go through about how, um, you know, Vivian's saying how she was very fair you know, she got the Mercedes. She let him take the Volkswagen because it has the the cassette, cassette player. player. It's probably an A-track cassette probably player. Probably an A-track. No, that is guaranteed an, yeah. H- an A-track yes. cassette player. And let me let me tell you the, sh- the horror of the A-track player because you that you were too young to have experienced this. But the A-track player sometimes the song would actually stop at the end of the one track and then would it would. Stop and then click over to the next track, and then the song would start. Would continue. That's how bad eight tracks were. And then cassette tapes happen. Yes. And it would be you know you'd have your A side and your B side. I mean for for any type of music, there's always been an A side and a B side. Yes, but I never knew that about eight tracks. Yes, with the eight tracks, sometimes like a song, if it was long enough, if it was long enough, and depending on where it was, all of a sudden the song would just stop. And then it would click over to the next track, and the song would just pick up where it where it had been cut off. That is tragically inconvenient. Horrible. That is tragically inconvenient. Horrible. Yes. I, I don't know who ever thought that a a tracks were were a good thing. The music industry did at one point. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, and now if you find an a track, it's just like what what is this rune you bring to me? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, um, and, so uh, yes. Uh, and, and Maud is saying how um, uh, that uh, she she got every you know the the house to, to yes the box Vivian to got keep, the house the box to keep, to keep everything, everything in, in. The, the house so Vivian didn't do too bad but now apparently Chuck wants Rufus. the dachshund wants the dachshund Rufus Rufus and um, I think even before that, Maud goes into the kitchen uh, because Walter is timing Maud. Oh, yes, yes. Three minutes Three to minutes. the second. Three minutes. Um, and they, like, Maud and Walter are obviously trying to be romantic. With, Walter is trying to be romantic with yes. Maud, and Maud's like, she's still here. Yes. I'm so sorry. She's still here. Yes. Um, and Walter's like, get rid of her. Stop. Yeah. She's not going to get over this divorce if you're mother goosing her. Yes. I mean, mother henning her. Mother henning her. And uh, Maud says, that's all right. I'll start mother goosing her. Yes, yes. Um, and oddly enough, when we first saw 
uh, Vivian with Chuck mm-hmm. in that that episode. Her hair was beautiful. Her hair was beautiful, but also they were like it was so much that like oh they're they're getting a divorce, but they're they're such you know such good friends and and every and everything's hunky dory. And uh, oh, that's this was for the sake of story. Yeah, no, I this know. This is definitely for the sake of story. I know, but, but... I think the the crux mm-hmm. of why Vivian was so upset because I don't think she gave a flying fig about everything else or anything mm-hmm. else. It was the dog. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Vivian, over the course of the series, had two dogs, and one actually died in Maud's care. Oh. So Vivian has a very strong attachment to canines. To canines, okay. Um, so I think that lends itself to, you know, mm-hmm. Vivian being so upset. Um, Makes sense. That she's going to lose Rufus the dog. Okay. Um, and Vivian is, like, pleading with Maud, saying, oh... Chuck wants all of these things, and he also wants the dog. And I think she ended up saying that, like, I think Chuck had paid for the dog. So whose dog is it? No, she gave Chuck the dog for his birthday. The right. dog was a gift. Oh, okay, to Chuck. Thank you. you you caught that. Which, yeah, that mean that does mean it's that a gift. It, it's the, a gift. It was a gift to Chuck. It was a gift to Chuck. So therefore, the dog is his. And Maud. Maud confirms. Says that. she says it's Chuck's dog. And then Vivian calls her a fink. Yeah. She's like, you know, have you have you ever called somebody a fink? A fink? I don't think I don't think I've ever called like a rat fink. A rat fink? No, I don't think so. No. Neither have I. No. So just interesting the terminology yeah. used. But usually. Vivian's like, you know, she was like, couldn't you just lie? She just she just wants she just she wants, wants validation. She validation. wants validation. She doesn't care if Maud thinks that it's 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 Chuck's dog. And Maud, she just wants Maud tries. Maud's like, well, oh, yes, Vivian, you're one hundred percent in the right. And Vivian asks, oh, really? And Maud says, no. Why would why would you want me to lie like that? Right. So um, so I think at that point, um, Vivian is crucial, crying, and uh, I believe she goes out back out the door. She exits. She exits, but before that, um, Walter like calls out to Maud, like ding, 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 yes, ding, yes. and Maud screams back, "I love you!" Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and at that point, Vivian's just like, "Oh, no one's gonna listen to me. I'm the only person that can listen to me. Right. I'm better off like not existing. If right. I disappear, no one's gonna care." Mm-hmm. And at that point, Maud's bereft, like, mm. "Don't, don't say right, that." Right. Right. Um. So then at that point, Vivian leaves. She goes out the door. And Walter enters, and Maud turns to Walter and says, Vivian, my dearest friend in the whole wide world, says mm-hmm. that she's going to, she's going to be better off, like, not, she's unaliving herself. She's going to go and unalive herself. Mm-hmm. And um, Walter ends up saying, she's not going to do a thing. Her alimony had stopped. Right, right. And uh, um, very, very curt Mm-hmm. Hurtful type of thing you would say to a friend. I would. Yeah. I don't think I would ever say that to a friend. Yeah. I, I don't think I'd ever say that to a partner. No. No. So now Walter is. He's getting mad. Yep. And he wants to leave. He yep. wants to. He now he wants to go to the club. Yep. Um. He, and I believe he said something that maybe he'll find somebody in the in the steam room. <laughs> the him only person more, he's going to find in a steam room is more affection. Yeah. Um. Which is uh. For us to hear that is kind of funny. Yes, for us to, because we know the stories that go about the, on. And st- about the steam rooms. We room. have seen the pornos yes. about the steam rooms. Yes, exactly. So, uh, not that that's what Walter had in mind. No, but, but I mean, it is it, funny considering Yes. Considering the topic at hand here. Yes. Um, so, at that point, Walter is almost about to leave when Vivian enters. She comes back. She comes in. back and Maud shoves Shoves her. Right. Out of the way while while yeah. Walter and her and, and, are and the, the irony of it is is she's Maud's been saying how you know Vivian's her friend and she needs to be there for her as soon as Vivian comes in she like pushes her out of the way yeah. <laughs> screaming literally knock it off Vivian. yes <laughs> so Walter he announces storm- he's leaving he storms out and Vivian turns to Maud and goes Maud are you having trouble with your marriage yeah like hello. Just the look on, just, if, there are moments that I just want to, like, thank B. Arthur for the faces that she has given America. Mm -hmm. Just because, like, so many gifts I've used, I would want to gift so many of Maud's faces. Mm -hmm. Just because they are so, they're just so worthy of use. They are. It was amazing what she could convey with just one look. With just one look. Yes. 
She could break a heart. With one look, she plays every part. Uh, so that, a, I mean, I would have loved to have seen B. Arthur play Norma Desmond. Oh, yeah. But I think she may have been too old at the time. At the time, yeah. Yeah. Um, she was, hilariously enough, she was originally slated to play the villain in A Thoroughly Modern Millie. Oh. Mm-hmm. They wanted her to play Mrs. Meeks. Mm-hmm. And she had her own song. Mm-hmm. She had a, the, the song was written for her. There's a character design I have somewhere in my phone. And she's in this beautiful um, uh, brocaded gown mm-hmm. with uh, turquoise pants. It's a red, red brocade with um, gold, gold bird-like embellishments, mm-hmm. uh, turquoise pants. And her hair is, if I showed you a picture, you'd be like, wow, I would have loved to have seen that. Her hair is like she has bangs. It's almost like a um, a bob situation, but mm-hmm. on top of the bob, mm-hmm. there's like a clip of gray hair. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a very attractive outfit, and I would have loved to have seen that happen, but I don't mm-hmm. think, I don't know if B. Arthur was either too old or if she just felt that she would be tired doing it. I don't know, because I think it was, when did Thoroughly Modern Millie come back to Broadway? I think it was 2007, 2006. Oh, yeah. It was a it was a couple of years before she passed. Yeah. I want to say like maybe a year or two before she passed. Oh, yeah. That might have just been too much. So, right. potpourri for you friends, potpourri. Yeah. So, uh, we had a commercial break and There was we, a commercial break and when we come back, we're at the gym. Walter and Arthur at the club working out. Walter is on a rowing machine and yeah. Arthur is standing, standing on his on head. Standing on his head. Mm-hmm. Which he's done a number of times in the episode, mm-hmm. which apparently is good for headaches and good for circulation. I guess so. Never knew that. So, um, Arthur thinks that uh, "I Love You" day is very touching, mm-hmm. and uh, then at that point, Walter starts uh, punching the pummeling. Punching bag. I don't want to say punching. He's pummeling, pummeling the punching the bag. punching bag. And the reason for that. And, <laughs> Arthur like pulls him away because it's like you're gonna you're gonna hurt you're gonna hurt the punching bag. Yes. And Walter's like, I think I, I thought I heard it say God will get you for that, Walter. <laughs> I love that. It tickles oh. me. Oh. So uh, Arthur and Walter, I have it written down. Arthur and Walter like engage in a very misogynistic conversation about women. Yes. Oh, but Arthur did one push-up. Arthur did one push-up. Remember he did one push-up and even Walter was like, one push-up, and he was like, it's it's quality, not quantity. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe they started playing with the medicine ball. Yes, at that point they started playing with the medicine ball. And uh, but even before that, Arthur was like, that. "Tell me like one thing women are good. Tell me all the things that women are good for." Yeah, yeah. And, and he raises his one finger, yeah, one, saying, "Only the one. Only one thing. Just yeah, <sighs> yeah. cringy, very cringy, very cringy. Very Arthur continuously being a dick. Yeah, and he's saying that you know it's it's a good thing that marriages have have problems." Because if, if, like, all the marriages were There'd good, be an awful lot of babies. Yeah, it'd be, a po- yeah it'd be like a population, a population boom. A, and it's like, right. peace does not equate sex. That's like... Again, misogynistic yeah. view of women. Yeah. Um, uh, you know. He also said something that, like, really tickled me, but also mm-hmm. really, like, made me say, really, Arthur, of all things to say? He says, Marcus Welby is on tonight. And yes. Marcus Welby's dealing with malpractice. Well, no, the reason he said that yeah. was because Walter got those tickets out of his jacket. Yeah. He, it was it, for a play. It was for a play. Uh, or a show on, on Broadway, probably. Yes. So he was giving Arthur the, the tickets because he had gotten the tickets to take him and Maud to. Yeah. So he gave Arthur the tickets. And so Arthur, Arthur was that's like, why Arthur was, was saying, like, you know, even, I'm, I'm going to watch Marcus I, Welby tonight. He had, he was gonna, that's going to mean he's going to have to miss Marcus Welby. Yeah. He was looking forward to it because... Marcus <laughs> Welby was fighting malpractice. He's fighting a malpractice I guess. Which, as a doctor, uh, makes complete and total sense. But as yes. a viewer, it would be like, uh, 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 you're already looking at how to exploit the situation to your advantage, aren't mm-hmm, you, Marty? Mm-hmm. So... And that's, that's I believe, about when Vivian, when Vivian came enters. running in. Vivian comes running And, of course, the, the, a man was coming out of the steam room. Now, did you notice the men going in and out of the steam room, they had these super long towels, and they had them, like, hiked up, like, around their underarms. What man walks around with a towel like that? My brother. Really? Yes. Really? I don't know. I don't know where he learned it from. I wear mine around my waist. Yeah. Um, uh, the only time he ever did that was like when I was a kid, 
uh, alone, and I'm wearing it, pretending it was like a dress. Pretending it was a dress. <laughs> Been there. Been ah, there. I know. Been I, there. I figured it had to be. Been there. Uh, Listen, I used to pretend I was the evil queen when I would wear like when I would like put on those giant fleece throws, uh-huh. and I would just be swinging and swaying <laughs> and whipping the cape around, uh, and then I actually made it and I became the evil queen myself. I know. So it's very, very interesting how men used to, or still do to this day, wear towels. Yeah. I don't know. But it was was just weird. It was just weird. Weird to you, but Uh, not to others. Okay. So so Vivian comes running in, and of of course, you know, Arthur's like, you you can't be in here. You don't have a membership. (laughs) Of all things to say, you don't have a membership. Just shut up. It's like, no, she shouldn't be in there because it's the the men's uh, gym area and the changing area, the locker room. But, you so know. we come to the reason. Oh. We eventually come to the reason why Vivian enters in the first place, and she's she well, she's telling Walter Maud needs you. Um, she uh, she had uh, saw her with pills, red pills, red pills, red pills, and um, well, Arthur, asked Arthur like what red pills? What could they be? And he's like, well, they could be they could be hormones, male hormones. <laughs> but all that would give her is hair on her chest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then he says, but or or they could be second alls. Well, they could be second alls, which of uh, course is a uh, is is like a, I guess like a barbiturate. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. You know. Um, That's what they're little. They were called reds. They're called reds. They were called reds. Yes. Um. So I think at that point, Walter's got to run. Walter rush runs. Out. Walter runs off to to go to his wife. And Arthur and Vivian have a very interesting moment together. Yes. Because Vivian turns to Arthur and is just like, it was just a ploy to get Walter yes. to go home. Yes, he was lying. And Arthur surmised that. Yes. And Vivian was just like, oh, you old uh, you old sleuth or you old detective, you. Yes, yes. Um, and at that, at that point, Arthur's like, are you busy tonight mm-hmm. at all? Because I have these tickets to go see a play. And right. do you know of anybody who could use them? And, and Viv- you, we think we Arthur, think that Arthur's actually asking Vivian asking out. Vivian out, right? Which makes sense in the grand scheme of things, right? Because you know she's you know going through a divorce, but technically single, very much Arthur's so. Also single. Arthur is very much also single. Mm-hmm. Um, and Vivian is just like, well, yes, I, I happen to be free tonight. So instead of being a chivalrous individual, he just gives her both tickets. Yes, he says, well, yeah. Take, Here you go. Take, the take t- them. Take them. Take the tickets, and sort of just leave Vivian hanging. He skips away. Yeah, he skipped away with the towel around his neck. Yeah, so typical um, Arthur. Being typical a dick. Arthur being a dick. <sighs> so cut back to the Findleys. We're back to Residence. the Findleys. Maud is on the couch playing Peg of My Heart. She's reading a book. She's re- oh, she was reading a book. She was reading a book. But then as soon as Walter came in, she like throws the book on the side and is like, yes. Yes, holding her head like she, oh, she woe is lays, me. lays back on the couch. But Walter doesn't. He doesn't see her. Nope. And he is running all over the place like a chicken with its head cut off. Yes. And it's funny because he's he's in his little gym shorts. He's in his he's in the with, gym now, but has the like the the jacket, the giant on. overcoat. Uh, well, no, it wasn't it wasn't an overcoat or peacoat? No, not even. It was just sort of like a, a winter jacket. Okay. So I could take kind of like a. Um, I can't think of the term now. Not a trench coat, not like, a coat. I want to say a pico. Like almost sort of. No, it wasn't a pico. It was more like a like a flight a bomber jacket. jacket. Like a bomber, a bomber jacket. jacket. Bomber jacket. Yes, that was it. That was the word that was escaping me. Sorry. And he's running around and he's yelling for Maud and screaming for Maud. And I think um, Maud finally, like you know, lifts her her head up and is, and, is, and you know calls Walter. Yes. And then Walter proceeds to jump on top of her. Yes, because he thought she was dead. He thought she, Maud, I thought you were dead. Yeah. You jumped on me, Walter, and mm. you thought I was dead. You know, right. there's a name there's for a people name like you. There's a name for that you. for people like that, yes. And that word is necrophilia. Yes. Just thought I'd let you guys know. Yes. Uh, so Walter, he's asking her about the pills. And, you know, that's how it all comes out. That, you know, they're, they're, what would you recommend for a headache, Walter? A frontal lobotomy? Right, right. It was She, she took two she aspirin. She took two aspirin because of a headache. She had a headache, yeah. And at that point, Maud, Walter's, like, furious because how could you, like, come up with that, that cock and bull story? Mm. Like, how dare you? Right. I, I was really worried about you. And, I like, how, like, just 
pouting and complaining yes. and yes. being childish. Yeah. Walter was very childish. Very childish. Almost like when Maud doesn't get her way. Yes. Very interesting how they how the turns tabled. Yes. Or the table turns. Yes, that too. <laughs> uh, so he's he's accusing uh, Maud of you know having Vivian go go down there to the to the uh, yes. gym and, and oh but she says I love your outfit we'll send you to camp we're next gonna send year. you to camp next year yeah <laughs> that tickled me man I know that was so funny because he's in those little because he's in the little he's in the little booty shorts yes um so at that point Walter and Maud are just Walter is expressing his frustrations and Maud is like what. I apologize. Yeah, she why just, are we? Why are we? Why are we nagging on that? Why are we hanging on this? Yeah, she just. She was like, you know, let's just make up. Yeah, but he and was she like, even says, okay, get it over with and break out in acne. Yeah, you know, and she just wants him to uh, get over it already. He's acting yeah. like a little boy, and he wants to punish her. And he wants to punish her. He wants yes. to punish her. Yes, again, very a uh, little bit, little bit cringy, a little cringy, misogynistic, little misogynistic. Um, Definitely leaning more towards BDSM, and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, sure. I mean, actually, if it was more, if it was more of a BDSM thing that they were both into, I would have accepted that a lot more readily. But there was no there. I mean, but this it was is the that. '70s, and there was no consent. So, well, oh, there was. They just, but you know, they weren't. They weren't showing it. Well, they weren't. I just, I'm remembering Maud's, Maud's, Maud's next line. I want to punish you. You want to punish me, Walter? Yeah. What do you want to do? Kick me? Scratch me? Mm-hmm. Pull my hair? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because Maud is, you know, she's aiming. She's aiming for his pride. Yeah. She's aiming for his masculinity. Yes. She's aiming for his manhood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Maud, Maud proceeds to say, I said I was sorry. Now a man would accept that. And right. again, that was the nail that was that was the final nail in the coffin mm-hmm, for Walter. Mm-hmm. He just got so frustrated that he's like, he was walking around, and then at the bar, he noticed the bar, and he was just like, yeah. okay. Now he yes. put his he put his elbow on the bar, getting ready to arm wrestle wants, his wife. He wants to arm wrestle. Yes. So he's insisting that they they you know that's how he wants to. That's punish how he her. wants to punish her. That's he how he's to- going to. Arm Promote wrestling. his masculinity. He wants to arm wrestle. Yes. So, so Maud agrees, and and she takes his arm, but then she has to say to him, she stops before they continue, and she goes, Walter, what if I win? Yeah. Where there's a very big laugh, and yeah. honestly, the first time I heard it, I too laughed yeah. loudly. Um, because let me tell you, I I was sort of like, mm, you know, B could take him. I think she could take I him. Think B could take Bill. I B could like, take I, him. I think she could take him. Um, and Walter proceeds to do, you know, in his infinitely childish way, mm-hmm. says, look over there, look what's that? And Maud turns, to which he, Walter... He pushes her arm Pushes down. her arm down. So he cheated. He cheated, but he so, still so won. So that he could win. He still won. And, uh, and then they, then it's like the tension is completely The tension's broken. gone, the tension's They're gone. They're both laughing. Because, you know, laughter is the very best medicine. Yes. I mean, granted, it's a very cringy type of... If you take Maud and Walter's relationship and put it in the lens of 2021, it would be a very toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. Lots of screaming at each other, but there's still that level of communication, Mm -hmm. even if it is very sardonic mm-hmm. even if their relation even if they are very sardonic towards each other there is still i do believe that there is still a lot of love between the two of them it's just a mm-hmm. very toxic relationship yes one one thing i do want to point out though which i think is very true for, yes for like a relationship um the, the two of them laughing like that mm-hmm. i really think you know that's one of the most important things is if you and your partner can can laugh together yes you Ledger know, is incredibly important. Yeah, if you you know if you can't if you can't laugh together, you know you should be able to. I mean, you should be able to experience all those emotions. You should be able to laugh together. You should be able to cry together. Uh, you know, yes. I th- I think all those, you know, in, intense emotions you need to be able to share those. Yeah. With uh, your significant other. Yes, one hundred percent. So me and my partner have a lot. Yeah. I know. You're like a lesbian couple. Th- thanks. <laughs> We're not renting the U-Haul just yet. Almost. I'm going to smack you. <laughs> Shady Pines, Ma. Uh, so, Mulder uh, um, Mo- Mo- and Ward. 
Water Malter. <laughs> Hello. Hello, dyslexia. How do you do? Hello. Welcome to another episode well, of God will get you for that, Walter. <laughs> God will get you for that wad. Wad. <laughs> so, um, Maud and Walter are having a conversation about, you know, the ramp, the, 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 proximities and the boundaries of I Love You Day. Yes. Because yes. Walter says, it's my holidays, my rules. I Love You Day starts after at, sundown. After sundown. Yes. On the day that it's announced. On the day that it's announced. So they can still... Uh, they can still copulate. They can, they can still reclaim I Love You Day. They can still basically. make the beasts with two backs. Yes. Um, and Maud and Walter are laughing, and Maud says to Walter something very profound, honestly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, she says, promise me you'll never, never grow, grow up. up. I will say this. There were moments during the episode where Maud is, like, calling Walter a little boy, and I was just like, that's... We're nearing some dangerous territory there. Let's not call Walter a little boy. But you know what? We see that a lot in sitcoms. We do. Where the husband is very much... A petulant like, child. Like a petulant child... Going all the way back to we the... We saw it as a president for four yeah. years. But I mean, look, go, you go all the way back to like the Honeymooners. Yes, where, where Ralph Cramden's just very over the top. He's very much like, like uh, you know, uh, a child in some aspects. And and um, and his wife has to constantly put him in his place. She's got to, you know, she's got to constantly, you know, take over like the, the mother role and the... And, uh, she did have a softer hand, though, than Maud. Yes. Oh, she oh, had much, a much so A much softer hand. Yes. Because Maud is, you know, the honeymooners were written in the 50s. Maud yes. was written in the 70s. And Maud was written to be this strong, militant, domineering mm-hmm. woman type. Woman. I don't right. want to say woman type character yeah. because B. Arthur is a woman. Yeah. But we, we've, I mean, that's like, you know, a lot, a lot of sitcoms. You know, we, we've you see there that. was a trope. There's a trope that my friends called out: fat guy, pretty wife. Yes, where you know you have this larger, oafish type, uh, fatherly figure, dad type figure, and then you have the wife who is very buxom, very voluptuous, very yeah. soft, very um, nurturing. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting to see that trope. Uh, through the lens of Maud, I guess you can say. Mm. Because Maud sort of turned that on its ear. Mm. Except for this this Except episode. for this one episode Except where it harkened back to harking yeah. back to the past. Yeah. So at that point they kiss and we now have the epilogue. Yes. Of course the phone rings. We don't and we don't see a single person. We don't see a single person. We just see the phone we and the phone's the phone, ringing. And it rings. Maud lifts the receiver. We, we assume off it's, the, Ma- it's Maud's arm. We assume it's Maud's arm. I mean, but you, she, you don't actually see her. She lifts the phone off the receiver. And it's Vivian. And it's Vivian <laughs> crying <laughs> saying, crying. "You can't believe what Chuck did to me this time." <laughs> Yes. Also worth noting, um, in the final episode of the first season, Vivian looks bright-eyed, very, yeah. very young. Yes. Her hair is not colored gray. Yeah. But then this time, yeah, she was back to like she was back when to we first saw her older. when she was not the first time because the first time we saw her, they aged her. Like oh, they yeah. used a lot of heavy age makeup. Yeah, yeah. And they also grayed her hair. Yeah. This time they only slightly grayed her. Yeah. Hair. Yes. Funnily enough, the next two episodes that we go over, I believe, are Vivian's facelift. Okay. Maud, it's Maud's facelift, mm-hmm. but the catalyst is, is Vivian, Vivian's facelift. Is Vivian's facelift. Mm-hmm. Um, but Vivian's crying, and then as Vivian's crying, Maud takes her pillow and and we just see the arm softly puts it over the phone. Over the phone. And that's how uh, the episode ends. Yes. Whew. <laughs> what, an, what an episode. Yeah, yeah. F- fluffy, but there was a, a lot of... Um, edges. Fluffy but edges. edgy. Yeah. Fluffy but edgy. Uh, at the time, very much a fluffy episode. But now, of course, as through we today's look, lens. Through today's through lens, today's which we lens. always do, um, we see things that now we're, we're like, yeah. you know, we're very much like, ooh, I don't know. And Arthur oh. and Walter having conversations about sex and women... Florida being patted on the bottom, bottom by, by her boss. Um, just yeah, yeah. So, so things that things that uh, things that make you go hmm. Things that we would not see in a sitcom today. A fluffy sitcom today. Correct. 
you know, for very, for very good reasons. For very good reasons, yes. Yeah. Those, you know, those that that time period is a thing of the past, and yeah. you know, again, it's one of the reasons why I want more to sort of not make a comeback, but to be given the same grace that All in the Family, the Jeffersons, and Good Times have been given. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Plus the fact that Norman Lear said that Maud was his favorite of the projects that he's worked on, or yeah. that he had worked on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We're trying. We're trying. Two hundred and fifty downloads. Two hundred and fifty yes. downloads we've hit. I, I, I'm, I'm proud of ourselves. I'm proud I mean, of ourselves the little, too. The little podcast that could. A little winky pen. I mean, who, 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 who knew? Who knew? That because I think it was we were where was I think we were driving back from the fabric store. Yes. It was when I suggested to you the yes. idea the idea for this. Mm-hmm. And that's and, and it all it all began there. It all began there. It all began. All there. begins always begins at a fabric store. Of everything does. Everything begins. At everything a fabric begins store. in the fabric Every store. Every kiss begins with fabric. <laughs> um, which which <laughs> which technically it does. <laughs> now we learn you can also use to wrap a present. We can. We can use fabric to wrap presents. <laughs> You're never going to let me live that down, are you? Never. Ever. Never. If you would like to follow us, you can at on Facebook. I don't know if they will after this, this episode. episode. They're not going to want to follow They're us. They're not going to want to follow us at all. But if, if they are that brave... Yes, to follow us. <laughs> uh, you can on Instagram at Finley's Friendly Appliances. You can also email us at Finley's Friendly Appliances at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can follow us on YouTube at God Will Get You For That Walter. Yes. You can follow us on Facebook at God Will Get You For That Walter. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you would like to follow me, you can at That Tomcat or That Tomcat.com. I am That Tomcat literally everywhere. Everywhere. Um, and if you want to follow, God, he's everywhere. I hate you. Wow. Thank you, Marie Chevalier. <laughs> Thank you. So that's savoir faire. <laughs> savoir faire. He's everywhere. Yes. <laughs> Maurice Maza. Maurice. Uh, and of course, you can you can follow. We can follow you at Tony Homeperm, and it's pretty much. Tony with an eye. Tony with an eye. It's pretty much everywhere: Facebook, YouTube, mm-hmm. Instagram, all those, all those good things. Even Twitter, although I never, I never tweet. I rarely am on Twitter. Although as a tweet. voice actor, I should be on Twitter more often. You should. There's a, there's a lot of casting calls. There's a lot of. Yes. There's a lot of people. At, or at the very least, to follow the the adult porno stars. <laughs> I maybe follow three of them. Okay, that's I, enough. I, I'm on Tumblr for that. No, I, there are there are sites for that nonsense. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Like hell, you wouldn't. <laughs> I'll, you, uh, I'll believe that when pigs fly. I know. Thank you for joining us on another episode of God Will Get You for That Walter, and you'll hear us next time. Be safe, everybody. Bye bye. <laughs>